Today, and we will pray shortly. Okay. Everlasting Father, we thank you for the opportunity to study your word this morning. We thank you for life. We thank you for protection from evil, for ordering our steps in your word, oh God. There's evil everywhere. There was a shooting this um, yesterday night. But God, you ordered our steps, oh God. We thank you because we are not better than the people that were victims. We're not better than the people that are dead right now. But because you just extended your grace towards us in particular, oh God. Thank you for your grace, oh God. Your mercy, your unmerited favor upon our lives. We did not work hard to get it, but you desired to... Give it to us. So we appreciate you this morning. We say be thou glorified in Jesus' name. Even as we want to start um, um, today's Bible study, we ask that you come into our midst and you would start with us. Do not leave us alone. Do not let us just rumble around the Bible. But please, Lord, speak to us through your word and help us to hear from you directly. A word that would change our lives, a word that would make us better. A word that will make us closer to being like Jesus Christ. I thank you for my sister on the line that you continue to strengthen her and continue to bless her. And the other people watching from home, I ask that you continue to bless them and let your word of God that you have, you have for them this morning reach them. In the name of Jesus, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus. We ask that you please forgive us all our sins in any way we have come short of your glory or we're not pleasing in your sight right now. We ask that you please forgive us and wash us clean with your blood in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray, O oh God Almighty, that you would honor us with your presence. So we invite your presence here, O oh God. Receive the glory of days. We love you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. So today, we, first of all, I want to say hi, Tameka. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing good in yourself. Good. Thank you. Yeah, welcome. So today we'll be studying Elijah and let me share my screen. 
share my screen. To where we are. And <clears throat> so we're still on the topic of Elijah, and we started with First Kings chapter 17 last week. We read the whole chapter and we got a lot of things from it. And when I went back to read it during the week, I have I I, I wrote down some um Things, revelations from God, we shall be sharing with us right now before we move to First Kings chapter 18. We decided to read the whole chapter so that we can have some kind of context. I pray that God will bless you as you listen um, to the summary of last week and we'll move on afterwards. So First Kings chapter 17 is simply about Elijah and his relationship with God. So we... Um, we're studying knowing God. And then we want to know like the people that have already gotten to know God from the past and how they did it, right? What did they put first? Did they put Christianity service first before trying to know God? Or how did they go about getting to know this God that we are interested in? So um, Elijah's, um, Elijah's story is very interesting because it moves beyond Mary. Mary's story and our relationship with God to another level. So Mary chose to sit down at God's feet and know more about God. So she sat down at his feet and in the next meeting, we saw that she was convicted of our sins. So God touched her heart and she repented from her sins just by listening to the word of God. So um, Elijah goes a step further by being confident and believing the word of God. So we saw that in 1 Kings 17, verse 1, it says that then Elijah, the prophet from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Heab, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God whom I worship and serve, there won't be any dew or rain for several years until I say the word. There won't be any dew or rain for several years until I say the word. So, um, and he said, as surely as the Lord God of Israel lived, the God whom I worship and I serve. That is a kind of confidence. And that is a kind of confidence that Christians should have. So I, I think Ife joined us. Hi, Ife. Hi. Thank you for coming. Nice voices at the background. So we're talking about Elijah and how he got to know God. And we are taking the text from um, 1 Kings chapter 17. We did 1 Kings 17 all throughout last meeting. So I just want to summarize. Elijah hung his decree on the Lord God of Israel's existence. So he said that as surely as the Lord God of Israel lives, the God whom I worship and serve, there won't be any dew or rain for several years until I say the word. So he hung his, his decree on the existence of the Lord God of Israel. So as surely as God lives, this would happen. And he was confident in doing that. So are we confident in God when he speaks a word to our heart? When he tells you that 
I will bring you out from among them and establish you. Do you go out with that word? Are you confident about it since God said it? Or if you see a revelation about the great things that God will do in your life, are you confident knowing that God will fulfill it? Do you pray to come to pass? And that's, we will be seeing something similar to that. Do you pray that revelation that God has given you about your life to pass and say, God, because I know you live, this will come to pass. Do you act like it? Do you behave like it? Do you behave like that thing would come your way very soon? Do you prepare for it? So um, let me just keep reading so that I won't take any more time. So in verse two, the Lord said to Elijah, um, that's first King 17 verse two, go to the east and hide by Sherid Brook at a place east of where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring to you for I have commanded them to feed you. So as we rightly concluded last week, the famine or to the, the drought that Elijah decreed on upon the land, the cost placed on the land that there won't be rain would also affect Elijah because Elijah was living in that area. So God decided to um, direct him to where to go so that he will not suffer the drought. So he um, went to where God directed him to, drank water from there and raving bird brought meat with their, with their, with their beak, right? They, they, they used their beak to bring meat and bread to Elijah. And so I, I think I just tried to see what the capacity a raving bird can carry. And it says it can carry up to 1.5 pounds in flight. And that's quite interesting because God specifically created raving bird for that purpose, right? Everything that God makes is for his purpose. When he made good and evil, he made all those things for his purpose. He made right and wrong for his purpose. And he has armies, even death works for God. <clears throat> so God chose the right bird to feed Elijah, a raven. He knew the, he knew the right bird because he created that bird, right? He's a wise God. And in whatever situation we find ourselves, we have to be happy as long as we are children of God, we are Christians, we are born again. We have to be happy because the creator of the heaven and earth permitted that situation and he knows best. So that's what I wrote in my book that whatever situation we find ourselves, we should be excited about it because God created the heavens and earth. So far we are Christians, our lives are in hands. He knows best and he would, he would help us out and we should just trust in him. So Elijah decreed famine or no rain upon the land, drought upon the land, and it affected him as well. But he did not complain. The Bible didn't tell us that he complained. God was, he waited for God to direct him because God also knows that he's facing that situation. So when you are in a situation that is not pleasant, just as, as much as you would also say, oh God, see, see me, see me, see what is happening to me, help me. God already knows and is actually planning to help you to overcome that situation. Again, in verse eight and nine, the Bible says the brook dried up. So um, 
in verse 7, but after a while, the brook dried up for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. So there was no rainfall in the land because he caused this. He decreed it on the land. And then the brook dried up. He didn't have any water to drink as well. And the Bible didn't say that he complained to God. Immediately the brook dried up. He knew the brook dried up. God knew the brook dried up. God told him, now go and live in this village and there I will provide for you. Now there's something interesting here. Um, um, when the brook dried up, the Bible did not state that Elijah complained. He, he, God saw the brook dry up as well as an ever-present friend. So God wants to be our ever-present friend. In whatever situation you are, if you are a born-again child of God, God knows about that situation and is ever-present. All we need to do is to turn to him. And if you would write down this verse, Psalm 46, verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of need. And that is the verse that we should always remember. We should not forget. Is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of need. If we have one need or the other, God is ever-present there to help us. So even without Elijah <clears throat> saying anything, if we keep God as an ever-present help, <clears throat> we do not even need to complain sometimes. Before we say it, it would answer. So imagine God, you're enjoying, I think I gave this example last week, you're enjoying blessings, enjoying blessings, and then the blessings finish. And God is there looking at you by your side because you've maintained the presence of God by reading your Bible regularly, by praying to him regularly, by letting him be the first thing you think about when you wake up and the last thing you think about before you sleep. So when you have this regular relationship with him, he's living with you very close, a very present help. When you are in trouble, he would see because he is there with you. But when he, he has been abandoned and kept far away from you, yes, he watches over everyone, but he's not close enough to, to care about your own situation because maybe we don't fellowship with him. We replace his time with worldly things, worldly pursuits, um, watching TV, different kind of distractions. If, we, if, we, if, we, if he's not always present with us, he would not plan for whatever um, issue that comes up in our lives. And then we would have, that's when you not say, run to God. Why will you run to God if God is close to you, right? If someone is by your side sitting with you, you don't have to run to God or cry out to God. You don't have to whisper to him because he's by your side, right? The only way you can boast and say God is by your side like Elijah is when you, con you constantly fellowship with him, you constantly read your Bible, you constantly talk to him every morning, every night, every second you talk to him, then you can be assured that he's there. And when you're in trouble, you see it because he's there, he's not blind, he's by your side, very close to you. And you don't have to cry out to God, you just have to talk to him like a normal friend that is by your side. I don't know whether you have anything to say about that at this point, or you're just still listening. <laughs> I mean, Obviously, you hear people say, I cried out to God, right? 
it feels like God is far away. So you are crying out to him. Or you say, you say, run to God in a time of trouble, right? It feels that, it feels like you have gone far away from him. So you have to run to where he is. But if he's always by your side, before trouble comes, he's already, you already had a plan. So if you read verse seven, chapter 17, I mean, every time the Bible explains stories, it tells us exactly what happened. And in no place in 1 Kings 17, did Elijah have to cry to God for what next to, to happen, right? And we'll see that in, seven, in 18, he had to cry to God. So we don't know what happened there. But in 17, every time something, there's a problem, God says, talks to him immediately. So I pray that God will help us to like really understand this. So God said that, um, immediately the brook dried up. God told him he didn't have to cry and say, ah, oh God, the brook has dried up. Oh, what am I going to do? No. The, God told him, there's a widow who will feed you. I have given her my instructions. So God commanded the widow to feed him. And let us now go to another interesting part. So um, um, if, if you are to understand it, I have to read it from the Bible directly. So in 1 Kings 17, you can open your Bibles to 1 Kings 17, verse 9, 8 and 9. Then the Lord said to him, go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. There is a widow there who I will instruct her, who will feed you. I have given her my instructions. Verse 10 says, so he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the city, he saw a widow gathering sticks and he asked her for a cup of water. So he asked her for a cup of water. As she was going to get it, he called her, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread soon. So I want to read KJV because this one doesn't really say what um, explains it. So we, we read different versions because. This word of God was not in English, right? And so when people, different people try to translate it from Hebrew or Greek to English, they have different synonyms for words, right? So ask, when you ask somebody for something, you ask the person. You didn't command the person, so you ask. And some, let's see what KJV said, um, how KJV described how Elijah asked the woman. Um, if you want to read, I would like you to read right now. In King James Version, anybody can read, or one person should read in King James Version, one person should read in NIV, New International Version, <clears throat> First Kings chapter 17, verse 10. Um, King James Version. So he went to Zarephath, and as he arrived at the gates of the city, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her for a cup of water. Okay. Um, okay. So my, um, Tamika, do you want to read the new international version? Uh, hold on one second. 
Yeah. <clears throat> oh. We can read 10 and 11. So 11, as she was going to get it, he called to her, bring me a bite of bread too. Okay. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Um, <laughs> Are you reading um, the Living Bible or KJV? No, I'm reading KJV. Wow, that's very interesting because my um, that version you read exactly is my Living Bible version. Uh, yeah, maybe you should refresh oh. it. I'm sorry. I'm reading Living Living Version. Yeah. Not KJV. Yeah. Okay, you can read KJV before Tameka reads. Are you muted? Oh, you're muted before. Your audio is muted. Hello, Ife. Yes, I'm here. I need to check for KJV. Okay, then Tameka can go ahead. Reading the new international version, if you're ready. So which... Um... First, which first King 17, 10 and 11. 17. Hold oh, on, I have to find the international version. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so um KJV. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in the vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thy hand. Yeah. So I want to, I want to, draw attention to the I pray thee and so KJV says I pray thee and my version the living bible says he asked you know when you ask somebody for something you're not commanding them to give you and I would like to know what Tameka's version says um it's so he went to the ripple when he came to the town gate, a window was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? She was going to get it and he called and bring me a piece and bring and bring me please a piece of bread. So interesting. Thank you so much, guys. Um, NIV says, and bring me, please, a piece of bread. So he had it, please, right? And the other one says he asked. And this KJV says, he, he said, I pray thee, right? So it means that Elijah, as a man of God, 
knew that God has instructed the widow to feed him, but he still asked nicely, right? Can you please bring me, I pray thee, I ask of you to give me some bread. But what do we see these days when, when the man of God knows that, okay, maybe God has told him that um, someone is going to bless him and feed him. The man of God will command, go and get me this thing because God has told me that you have to give it to me. If you don't, what's going to happen? If you don't obey God Almighty, his rocks will be will be on you, you know? So, although God commanded the widow to, instructed the widow to feed him, he did not um, command the widow. He asked nicely. And the woman knew someone was coming because God instructed her to feed him. So it says that I have given her my instructions. So God instructed this widow to feed Elijah. <clears throat> but what do we see in 12? But she said, I swear by the Lord God that I have not a single piece of bread in the house. And I have only a handful of flour left and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jar. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I must die of salvation. So even though God has told her what to do, she was kind of hesitant. Um, so it just boils down to the fact that we still have our free will as human beings. If God tells you what to do, you can choose not to do it or choose to do it. It will not force you or, or, it will not um, control you like a robot to do what he wants you to do. No, he will just leave you. He, he will tell you what he wants you to do. And um, he would just leave you to make the choice. And that is what is happening these days. Like God is calling human beings that I want human beings that would love me without being manipulated or controlled to love me. I give you your free will to choose life or death right? But choose life because life is me. And, and when you come to me, I'll give you what you need. And I will, I will save you from death and hell, from the spiritual death and hell. And I will bring you up to myself and you would have eternal life, right? All these things are the benefits of choosing life. And there are also consequences of choosing death. And God is leaving it to everyone to make a choice. And I believe that we, that we are here studying the God, word of God, we have chosen life. And that is why we are here. So the woman had a choice to either um, choose to obey God and say, oh, well, you know, God has told me that, uh, 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 instructed me that the man of God will come, right? But the woman did not see, uh, I don't even have so much food, you know? I have a little meal. I don't have what you're asking me for. He, she did not recognize or did not, um, was not happy or willing to obey because she did not see. Probably she did not know God. If you want to like contribute or have anything to share, just feel free to um, talk. If we don't go into First Kings 18 today, we'll continue to next 
meeting. But I just will wish that I just wish I finished reading all this um insights that God gave me while I was studying um, the word of God. So Elijah did not command the woman. After all, God had already commanded her. And some pastors today will threaten you if you do not do what God has asked you to do, right? Forgetting God gave you free will, but the pastors want to take the free will from you. <laughs> even when even God that is greater than everyone did not take your free will, right? You can do whatever you want to. Wicked or good, you can do whatever you want to, but he has advised us to choose good. Um, so um I something now came into my heart while reading it. Why was it not a woman and why was it not a man that God instructed to take care of Elijah? Why wasn't it a married woman, right? Why was it a widow without husband? And that just reminded me of that widow, I'm sorry, of that woman of Samaria, which we studied like some meetings prior to this. Oh, that was a long time. Wow, <laughs> that was a long time. Okay, that was a long time, really long time. Okay, so we studied the woman of Samaria a long time ago. <clears throat> and yeah, the woman at the well that Jesus told her to give him a drink. And, <clears throat> and it says here, I wrote here that it means give me your will. So when, when Jesus said, give me a drink, Jesus doesn't need drink from anyone. What does Jesus need from everyone, right? What does God need from human beings? Is our will, right? That's the only thing he needs from us, our will. A willingness to totally obey him. A willingness to love him. He gave us the free will, but he wants us to will to choose him. You get, that's the only thing that God needs from us, our will. So when Jesus told her, give me a drink, it simply means give me your will, right? She had a choice to say yes or no, but Jesus informed her of the benefits of her choice and the consequences of the opposite of it. So verse 10 says, John 4, I am digressing to the woman at the well, who is similar to the widow in this case, in the book of John chapter four, verse 10, Jesus told the woman at the well, if only you knew the one asking for your will. So I put your will in bracket. Well, it's, he says, if only you knew the one asking for a drink, you would ask me for some living water. And so um, when you give Jesus your will, he would give you living water. And that is the topic for another day. But I just want to bring the, out the similarity between this woman, this widow, who has a choice to either feed Elijah or not, um, how similar she is to the Samaritan woman who you can read about after the Bible study in John chapter 4. So if you have your notebooks, you can just write down John chapter 4. Stop sharing. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So um, in John chapter four, verse nine, it says that the Samaritan woman was, was surprised that Jesus would even speak to her. And I say here that the truth is we are like the Samaritan woman, right? So we are like the Samaritan woman. Um, Jesus would never speak to us because we are fallen, right? We are marked X. <laughs> so I don't know if you know the, the, the fall of man, the story of the fall of man, when Adam sinned, when Eve obeyed the, the devil, the serpent, and disobeyed God, and she sinned against God, and then told her husband, give the apple to her husband to also sin against God and disobey God. And from that point, our eyes were open. From that point, man that was created in the image of God, covered by the glory of God, lost the coverage. And he, the glory of God disappeared from him. And he was naked. Oh my God, I'm naked. But what, what was that covering over me? That glory over me. And man lost the glory of God. And even though we were made like God, we are no more exactly like God. We have a lot of shortcomings now. Some have bad habits, some are sick. That's where sickness comes from. That's where mental illness comes from. That's when different kind of evil in the world comes from, just because we are being damaged, right? And after Adam and Eve sinned, all their descendants were no longer in the image of God, but now in the image of Adam, right? Damaged, not like God anymore, marked X actually. So Jesus would not even speak to us because we are fallen creatures. We are no more perfect, right? The same way the woman Samaritan said that. So that, that story or that scenario is a lesson for us to glean from. So the Samaritan woman in John 4 verse 9, you can read it when you're in your free time. It says the Samaritan woman was surprised that Jesus would even speak to her because Jews don't speak to Samaritans, right? God has no business speaking or coming to help us because we are marked for destruction. And I always give an analogy of, a cloth making factory. The cloth making factory was um, try to program the machine to make, to cut fabrics, maybe a dress, to cut a dress in mass, right? Make, so we are like over 8 billion people on the surface of the earth. So the, the machine, the person that configured it, God says, poop, 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 make, cut out 8 billion pieces of dresses, medium, large, extra large, extra small, and programmed it to, to cut, up, cut the pieces overnight, right? But in between something happened, maybe a rat went into the machine and just scattered all the configuration. And then the machine cuts 8 billion pieces wrongly, right? Cut the 8 billion pieces of fabric in a way that cannot be used again by the manufacturer. And he, he came in the morning and like, oh, it's time to sew up this clothes. So happy that this thing has finished cutting. 
this eight billion pieces. And guess what? It, the machine cuts the whole pieces wrong, and he cannot even do anything with the with the the pieces anymore. And he's like, he marked all those eight billion pieces X because they will be destroyed or recycled or something. Because I can't, the manufacturer cannot use it for anything, right? And so that is exactly what happened when Adam and Eve sinned. The whole human race were condemned and marked X because there was no use for us again. But guess what? A master tailor, oh my God, that's not nice. <laughs> A master tailor was passing along the way and he saw, um, he saw all this waste, right? Eight billion pieces of clothes wasted. And he was passing, he saw the waste and he said, wait, 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 don't destroy them. Don't destroy this um, fabric. I can, I, can, I can do something about it. I can sew it up, I can sew it up. And that was what Jesus did. He came and died on the cross and created, invented a way to draw man back to himself by taking the punishment for us. So he was being recycled or punished for our sakes. And because of that sacrifice on the cross, he found a way to mend us back, right? And when we come to him, we go through the mending process. So we have to come to him. We have to give him our will. We have to choose to obey him every day. And that is how like, I get to explain, but I see that I didn't set the time up properly and I cannot edit it anymore. I set the Zoom meeting to one hour, which I don't know how, because I usually set it to three hours so that nothing bad will happen. But now we have only eight, 14 minutes left. We're gonna stop here, but before we pray, do you have any comments, contribution? Tameka and Ife. No, that's all. All right. I pray that God will continue to give us like more revelation of his word and of himself. And during the week, I'd like you to read the first Kings chapter 17 and 18. Um, and I know that God will give you more revelation because it's, it's kind of deeper than what um, the story is on the surface. So it can be a story of Elijah. Elijah declared rainfall on the land and then he didn't have to read and God helped him. Yeah, it could be a shallow story on the surface, but it has, actually has deeper meaning and it takes God to open our eyes to see this meaning and then reveal it to us and let it change our lives. So I want us to bow our heads right now this morning and just pray that um, God should help us to give him our will, right? So that's the first prayer point. Lord, help me give you my will totally. So yes, we could, we, should, we could have said yes to Jesus. Yes, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. But there are other times he would tell us to do this, give to the poor or give to this ministry or he would tell us to um, preach to our, uh, our friends or tell other people about Christ. Or maybe he won't even tell us to do anything. He will just tell us to be with me, read the word of God. But we want to do other fun things that are more fun in quote than reading the word of God or praying. All those times we, do, we, we, we keep our will to ourselves when God asks us for our will, right? So God, help us to 
totally surrender our will to you so that whenever you ask me to do something, to read your words, fellowship with you, to sit down at your feet, that I would obey you, I will obey your word. Help me to give you my will, oh God. Like this widow, although she was reluctant to actually give you, um, do what you asked her to do, give you our will. And then the woman of um, at the well was reluctant to give you water to drink. Lord, help us to give you our will in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, pray. Amen. Amen. So the second prayer point is, Amen. But, amen. Help me to trust you like Elijah. Help me to maintain your presence. So it says, the Bible says that God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in times of trouble. Means that ever present, always by my side. So if God would always be by my side, that means sin is not by my side. That is fear is, that means fear is not by my side because God cannot stay where there is sin and God cannot stay where there is fear or doubt. So God help me to always be holy and pure and accommodating your presence by my side. So that when there is trouble, I don't even have to cry out to God or run to God because you are ever present by my side. So remove everything that would drive you away from my side so that you can ever be present with me as I live this life to get to age 90 or 100. And help me to always maintain your presence by my side. I ask in the name of Jesus, let's pray. God, help me always maintain your presence by my side. So even when time of trouble comes, oh God, you see, you will see the trouble and help me even before I call on to you. Help me to maintain your presence by my side, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ. Help me, oh God, because this will mean a lot to me in everything to make decisions, to do the right thing. Help me maintain your presence by my side. I ask, oh God, ancient of days, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, pray. Amen. 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 So I want to bless our week right now. So just say amen to the prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to read your word. We thank you, God, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, God Almighty, for opening our eyes to see your word. Even though it looks like a story, you're showing us deeper, deeper meaning, oh God. That just means that you are decoding all the codes, all the algorithms you put in your word, oh God. You are decoding it to us, oh God. We thank you, God, because you you continue to do this, oh God, for me, oh God, and also for the sisters online, oh God, even as they find time to open your word and read, oh God, begin to reveal to them secrets about the word that you want them to imbibe in their lives, oh God, so that they can be more and more like you. Let them freely give you their will so that you can repair every part of the fabric that have been cut and destroyed by the evil that came to sneak into the, the the destiny of man to change it, oh God, so that they will be able to be like Christ, oh God, so that they would be they would be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, and so that you would completely neutralize the 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 damage that the devil did at the Garden of Eden in their lives, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, help us to read your word, oh God, so that we can, oh Lord, know more about you, oh God, and be conformed to the image of Christ. We pray that you continue to protect us, oh God, from the evils, oh God. You continue to order our steps in your word, even as we go out and enjoy this period, Thanksgiving, 
Christmas, the new year, God, help us to enjoy every bit of it. Let us not be in sorrow at any point, oh Lord. Other our steps in your word, cover us with the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I ask for the sisters online and the ones listening to us from all over the world, oh God, that you let your presence be upon us. Choose us and give us your grace, Lord. Choose to give us your grace for long life. Choose to give us your grace for a blessing, oh God. Give us your grace and your mercy and your favor, oh God, so that we will see ourselves again in 2022 and give you all the glory, oh God. For those that don't have money to enjoy, God, I ask that you supply all their needs according to your riches and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. That this Christmas will be very beautiful and memorable, a memorable one for greatness in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the glory because you are God. When you come, oh God, help us to be found in your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 So, so I kept checking the time, and we have one 14 minutes left. And I think we're done. So have a lovely weekend. You too. Uh, thank Bye. you so much, Bye. You too. Bye.